I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hey, it's 2020. It's 2020 and we are officially back. We're back. Yeah, we're back for real, for real. Break over. Yeah. Back Back to reality. Back into full swing. Yeah. Um, I can't believe it's 2020. Like, I was telling Anthony that I feel like New Year's makes me feel older than my birthday. (laughs) Yeah, in a way, it does, because it's a reminder of what year it is. And how much time has passed. Yeah. Like, I found a picture from yes. uh, 2000. Yes. Because I remembered, that I was having that conversation where I was just like, I remember New Year's Eve 1999 and everybody was freaking out. Y2K. About, like, Y2K and everything. And so I found a picture and I was like, oh my God, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. feels so weird. Yeah. To be able to say that we've lived long enough to remember something 20 years ago. Yeah. Is uh, is very bizarre. Yeah, uh, we Max and I were looking at our driver's license about when they were going to be renewed because mm-hmm. he still has a photo of himself from when he was seventeen because they didn't make him like update his photo. Weird. It's so weird. He looks completely different. And so it's twenty twenty one that we both need to get new licenses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll be twenty nine, and he'll be like, you mean you won't even be thirty yet? He turned thirty this year. He's like, I'm going to be thirty two when I have to renew my license. God damn. Yeah, we're like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah, we're we're. we're <laughs> fully adults you guys yes, we are um 
Okay. Let's talk about some new stuff. Yes, let's jump right in. I have something fucking awful. Okay, you start then. Did you read about the Hanukkah stabbing? I did not. Okay, it's very upsetting. I don't have absolutely every bit of information in here, but there was a man that entered a home of an Orthodox Jewish rabbi, and he stabbed five people during one of their Hanukkah celebrations. Um, Where was this? This was in New York. Okay. The man who was, there was five injured. One man, Joseph Newman, was the worst off. He's been in critical condition. He was stabbed in the head into his brain. And he is in a coma. And it is not looking good for him recuperating out of the coma. And if he does, the places in the brain and in the legs and arms and spinal cord that he was stabbed, he would probably be paralyzed in the arms and legs. Oh, my God. And would have brain difficulty for the rest of his life. Um, It's incredibly sad. And this was obviously a hate crime. So the FBI wanted to get... Journals, search history, all that kind of stuff. They were able to retrieve journals that where they found references to anti-Semitism and um, did Hitler. He, did he know them? He did not know them. So, But this is the thing. His recent search history showed things like German Jewish temples near me and Googled, why did Hitler hate the Jews? Uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo says that this is the 13th attack on the Jewish people since December 8th in New York. Like, it's bad. It's yeah. really, really bad. It's very scary. Um, the man was charged for this attack and pleaded not guilty to five counts of attempted murder and five federal charges. I'm sorry. Yeah, of obstructing the free exercise of religion in an attempt to kill. What, what were you trying to do if it wasn't murder? I don't know. I don't understand. That part blew my mind because, honestly, if you've been caught red-handed, the best way to go about it is to plead guilty because then... You'll have a speedier trial. You won't get as harsh of a punishment. You, you may not even have a trial, honestly. They may just, like, right. you, plea they'll, you they'll out. They'll be sentencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'll, you know, he may still get life in prison or, you know, 60 years or whatever, but at least it, if there's a trial, the potential could be so much worse. His attorney had to have advised that, because I don't understand why you would... I don't know. They must have some kind of strategy. I have no idea. But if he's convicted of the charges, he the maximum sentence could be life in prison. But if Mr. Newman dies, he could be facing the death penalty. So apparently, the death penalty was dissolved in New York in 2017. But there's something within that where it's like special circumstances. They're, they can still use the death penalty. Now, I am against the death penalty. I am too. Yeah. But I listened to a very... I'm listening to a very good podcast right now. I'm on the last episode called Urge to Kill. Mm -hmm. It's like a KGW true crime Hmm. thing about this man, uh, Edward Lara, who didn't have really a criminal record of any kind. He was a campus security office. He picked up a girl, killed her, raped her, and then went on this crime spree of, like, kidnapping. He shot somebody. He was stealing cars. And then he turned himself in. Um, And the detectives in Oregon were saying, we don't have the death penalty or we do have the death penalty. And he was talking about how hard of a decision it was to say whether or not they wanted to put the death penalty on the table because he was anti-death penalty. But then there's these pressures and things from the community Mm -hmm. of having justice served. A A lot of people believe in an eye for an eye. Right. You know, it's not just about what one individual person wants to do, but it's about the laws and the people who vote for these laws to still have it be a possibility. And that's something that was interesting and that I never really thought about. Yeah, there's a really good criminal episode. I think it 
maybe in Oregon as well, um, where he was a... Um, he was from the South, but then he ended up being, like, the head of a prison, like, the a warden of a prison uh-huh. who was, like, in charge of overseeing the death penalty. Uh, it's it's a very interesting look, and I understand it's a very multifaceted issue, and, like, people's own personal experience can change, like, what they believe as far as the death penalty. And it's it's very difficult because I do consider myself to be someone who is anti-death penalty. But for instance, I just finished watching um, The Devil Next Door. Have you watched that yet? We started it and haven't finished it yet. Whew. I'll tell you, man, when you see things specifically that are like hate-motivated yep. crimes, it's very difficult to not want that kind of retributive Do you like, think he's justice. Ivan the Terrible now that you've finished it? Because I'm only on episode two. Well, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Can we cut it out? Because I want to know if you think he did it or not. It's not going to ruin it okay, for me. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll cut it out. All right, so that's all I have on that, um, I guess. I mean, I'm going to keep up with this for sure because I want to know what happens. The fact that this is the 13th attack on Jewish people in New York since Horrifying. December 8th. It's very, very scary. It's insane. And the family of the attacker was saying, you know, what they always say, they're like, you know, we, he wasn't raised that way. I've never known him to be this way. They are saying there is some mental health thing. So maybe that's why but he felt not guilty. Because he might be schizophrenic and whatever. But that doesn't, to me, that doesn't take away from what he did he well, stabbed five people and hate is not a mental illness it's not like it may have contributed to his actions yes but his actions were still motivated by a dislike of a certain group of people yeah you know what was... i mean and, and mental illness doesn't cause that Mm-mm. it might cause paranoia that was then fueled by conspiracy theories or this or that or anything yeah, else you know, but and with schizophrenia there are, you know, voices and, and delusions that mm-hmm. are telling you certain things. And that's where it gets tricky. Right. But and I, I understand but I, that. But I totally agree with what you're saying where, but you have to look at his mental state at the time, take that into account, but not necessarily have that be a reason to let him go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just have to look at it on all angles. I think he's a piece of shit. I think he deserves to go away for a long, long time. I My heart goes to these families, especially yeah. the family of Joseph Newman, because they were celebrating a holiday mm-hmm. in their home, a place where they should feel safe. We talk about this all the time. And their safety was violated. violated. Yeah. And, you know, also in, a, in addition to all of that, it's very scary right now for minorities uh, in general, but particularly I have a lot of Jewish friends who I had heard about this actually um, because I have a lot of Jewish friends who were posting on Facebook about how like the net violence towards Jewish people has gone up astronomically it's in the United insane. States. Uh, and it's very, very scary. And I think it is directly, I think it directly correlates to the lack of fear that white supremacists have in this country right now. Like, they feel incredibly emboldened. Um, and any time that happens, yeah. there are certain segments of the population who are going to be disproportionately affected. Yes, they they don't have to hide their true feelings anymore. They don't have a reason to suppress any of that anymore. Right, and that makes it very scary. Makes yeah. it very, very scary. Yeah, so, it's like, what year are we fucking in? It just turned 2020, and I feel like we're in the 40s or something. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's ridiculous, the amount of hate crimes that happen all the time. Well, and when you watch, um, again, when you watch, like, The Devil Next Door, at the end of the series, they kind of go into detail about the number of, like, Nazi war criminals who came to the United States. and that, So like, many. And that we 
knew about it and didn't do anything about it. So you have people who were raised with these ideologies, whole families sometimes, who yep. were raised with these ideologies, who were living in the shadows, maybe never talked about it. Um, but still, that kind of thing is insidious. And if it comes from like generation after generation, that hate moves from generation to generation. And it even doesn't if go you away. don't come out and say, I was a Nazi, those beliefs right, could very ingrained. well still be there. And just mm-hmm. being, I mean, think about... You know, I, I think about my friends who were raised in, a, in like, Fox News homes. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. you're surrounded by people who are okay with hatred of certain people, even if they don't come out and say, I was a Nazi, you're, that you're passing down certain traits mm-hmm. from generation to generation. And then you have to actively unlearn that shit. Yes. Like, you have to make a decision to actively unlearn yeah. hatred yeah. and um, those kinds of beliefs. And that's so if, if you don't do that, do. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's difficult. Well, <sighs> okay. So as of this morning, which for us is Thursday morning oh, for I you guys, talk about. it will be yesterday morning. Um, I got a breaking news alert in my email that Julian Castro has yep. dropped out of the race. So that's not surprising. No. He hadn't qualified for the last debate, so it's not surprising that he is dropping out of the race. Um, it's disappointing because he, one, had very progressive policies yeah. uh, on immigration and poverty, and I actually really liked him as a candidate, and he was the only Latino running. Uh, so that is all really sad and disappointing. Yeah. But as he said, it just wasn't, it wasn't his, his time. time you know? Said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't have the funding. They He was reaching out last month about a goal that they needed. He was spending more than he was raising. And it's just, it's really unfortunate. I think that we're spread so thin right now with Democratic candidates mm-hmm. that... Um, he didn't have the support that not was everybody, necessary. Not everybody can get the support, I think, that people had in the past when there were maybe less candidates. I think that that's a big part of it. I mean, and then in addition to it, it is just more difficult the more barriers exist as far as, like, your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, all of these things. Well, and your popularity, I feel, as well, because, you know, Pete Buttigieg has popularity. There are a lot of people that really like him. But his popularity, I feel like, comes from the fact that he has donors. Like, he has right. billionaire donors, right? right. So they, he has the funding to gain popularity, yeah. right? He's got the funding to be able to hire good PR people and yeah. get on, you know, uh, TV shows. and Right, but then there was even, like, Beto, where he had popularity on his side. Granted, he didn't have the funding either, and he struggled. But in the beginning of all of this, he kind of did have, like, this popularity urging him to go into it, or I feel like Julian Castro, we applauded him when he wanted to be a candidate. He was one of the first, I think maybe the first. Yeah, but but there was never really anything else heard about him. Yeah, his PR team didn't really like push him enough for him to be one of the front Right, runners. because he did very well in debates. But also, I think people had their minds made up even from the moment that he started running. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to have kind of the first um, very the first primary candidate who was a Latino. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was very exciting for us. But I think when he announced his candidacy, we were all like, oh, that's so exciting. But I think that there were a lot of people who were like, but it's not going to happen for him. Yeah. Because, you know, then that whole conversation comes about that's like, is the world ready for X, Y, Z? So stupid. It's so stupid. But it gets into the minds of people and then they decide this person can't win. And so then they just don't back them at all. That's just so weird that like, 
is the world ready for a Latino president? Like, are we ready for a person with good policies that is caring? Mm -hmm. That, you know, that to me is so neither here nor there, but I know that that's on the minds of a lot of people. Right. But it doesn't make sense. So they're thinking, um, as with Kamala, that he might be a good pick for a VP. Totally. Back whenever Hillary was running, she had considered him for a VP position. Uh, And people who are wanting to get the Latino vote, of course, uh, Castro would be a very good second pick. I think that's great. I think that both Kamala Harris and Julian Castro would be prime picks uh, politically and personally for vice president. I think it would be Yeah, I agree. And um, so when he shared his video uh, announcing this morning that he was going to be exiting the race, he also he also listed um, the names of African Americans and Latinos who were killed by police or died in police custody in recent years. And this was something that he often did in debates uh, along the campaign trail this yeah. entire time. Make it known. Yeah, to make it known. He, I mean, I actually really, really liked Julian Castro. Yeah. His departure shrinks the field of Democratic candidates to 14. So we started <laughs> out with something like 20, 20, something. 20 something. Yeah, now we're down to 14, which is still. A lot. lot. (laughs) It's still a whole lot. Yeah. And, you know, it is sad to continue to see the field get wider and wider. Um, After we recorded last time was the next Democratic debate. Uh And while I'm not, like, the biggest Yang fan, I was listening to it, listening to the debate in my car on NPR. And it was interesting to hear Andrew Yang talk about race, though, because he's like... Man, I'm the only person of color on this stage right now. Yeah. Cory Booker's not up here. Kamala has dropped out. Julian Castro didn't qualify. Um, and what does that say about our nation? Yeah. Whenever the field of candidates just keeps getting wider and wider. And it does feel a little discouraging because year after year, the field of candidates inevitably gets wider and more male as we get closer yeah. to the primary. And... Um, that's really sad. And as much as I like Bernie Sanders, I like Bernie Sanders a lot. When they asked him kind of the same question about race, he tried to redirect the answer towards climate change. Because that's what he always does. Yes. And I understood the point he was trying to make in that, like, because of the wealth disparity between races, that people of color will be more disproportionately affected by climate change. Yeah. And I'm like, good point, but that's not what we're talking about right now. That's not what you were asked. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Did you like the quote where the... The the person asking the questions, I can't remember. The moderator asked mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren something about how if she were elected president, she would be the oldest president to ever be elected. And she said, well, I'd also be the youngest woman ever to be elected. Yes. I was like, yes, girl. Yes. I mean, and what a stupid fucking question. Because yeah. I feel like um, women are more often looked at in that way in terms of age. Right, and why Why wasn't, like, any other, in my memory, why weren't other male candidates in the past asked this? Well, I mean, I don't even think Elizabeth Warren is the oldest person running this year as I a Democrat. Because so. Bloomberg is the oldest, I believe, with Biden right behind him, and then Warren. 
And at th- I'm sorry, then why was she being asked this question? Because, I mean, it is true. She's older than Trump, and Trump is, at this point, the oldest yeah. uh, president. So if she were to win the candidacy she or the presidency, she would be the oldest president. Well, so but would Biden. So would Biden if so he were Bloomberg. to win it. So would Bloomberg if he were to win it. Did they all um, get asked this question? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Me. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain that both Bloomberg and Biden are older than Elizabeth Warren. They I'm, seem like it to me. I'm fairly certain that they are. She does seem younger and more together. And she, yeah. Also, I don't believe that that was a question that was posed to Trump. I can't recall that being a question that was posed to Trump. Can you imagine if Trump was asked that question? He would lose it. Yeah. I mean, and so look at that. Like, he, Trump is older than Hillary Clinton, I yeah. believe. And I don't believe Trump was ever asked that question. Meanwhile, during the 2016 election, Hillary, there was so much speculation about her, about her health, health and if she's going to be well enough to be president and all yep. this shit. And I'm like, it's so fucking sexist that yeah. you're so worried about, like, old ladies. Fragile old ladies yeah. who can't do it. Oh, shut the fuck up. Old yeah. ladies are tough as hell. Go away. Ugh. Um, I have one just topic I wanted to converse, which is uh, the Cats movie. Oh, I'm going. Okay, I knew you were going to go. Yeah. I have, like, a want to see it because I've heard it so bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Recently, Universal has dropped Cats for their Oscar uh, considerations. Why was it? Why? Well, because it was the cast is huge, like, and very star-studded. Well, and the choreography. I could see things like that. It was a huge production. production. It was made to be an Oscar nominated film with the budget and the cast and the set design and the, you know, the costumes, the music. I guess the, the original song is has been nominated for Which, a Golden Globe. Okay, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. Can we stop shoehorning original songs into musicals? We don't need it. Mm-mm. Cats is... I was obsessed with Cats growing up. I have the VHS. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, I have the VHS <laughs> of the um, original Broadway production. Um, I went and saw it live at MGM. I loved Cats. I've I never loved seen it. it. But, I mean, first of all, it's fucking weird. Everybody who's just like, oh my god, it has no plot. I'm like, yeah, no, it doesn't. Like, Yeah, it's a weird movie. The original play. play didn't really have much of a plot. But the play is... Two full hours of singing and dancing. Like, there is no spoken dialogue that I can recall. So I'm like, why the fuck did we need to add in another song? Like, why did you need to write another song for for cats? For award purposes. It's stupid. Yeah. Stop doing that. Yeah. I agree. I also just don't know why this movie was made. I, as someone who loves cats, I don't understand why this movie was made. Like, it it was, it was to lure, it's, I mean, it's a popular idea to take a musical and make it into a movie. It's a weird choice. It's a very bizarre choice. People have been speculating how weird this shit is since November. Like, the first trailer that came out, people were like, what the fuck? It's creepy. And if you were gonna do it, honestly, just do it in costume. Because the CGI is so weird. Apparently, there's a scene where Rebel Wilson, as a cat, is eating these, like, cockroaches with human faces on them and it's like oh I'm gonna watch this super disturbing I want to see it because I want to watch the I am a hundred percent going and Anthony is refusing to go with me I am going to smuggle in some white claws yeah and watch this uh, I can't wait uh, yeah I can't wait there's too many movies that I actually want to watch like I still haven't seen Frozen 2 I really want to see it I really want to see the new Star Wars movie I want to see Knives Out I saw the new Star Wars movie I saw Knives Out I want to see those They're both and then good. if I have time I'll see Cats yeah. Just yeah. to watch the There's a shit ton of down. really good movies out there right now. Cats is not one of them, but 
I want to be able to say that when Cats came out, I went and saw it. Because yep. I think it's going to become one of those cult classic kind of Rocky Horror Picture Show type yeah, movies. Yeah, like so bad um, that people love it. Yeah, that yeah. people go and see and there's going to be like... I think that it will be shown, like, year after year. Yeah. So, I love that. Its notoriety will be that it was bad. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, let me see. I've got two more things I'm going to try and cover really quickly. Okay, so, cool. one of them is that on New Year's Day, Illinois joined the list of states to legalize recreational use of marijuana. Okay. So, they are the 11th state to legalize it. Cool. But one of the things that is really cool about it is that... Um, Illinois Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker pardoned more than 11,000 low-level marijuana convictions. That was my next question. Yes. Yeah. And he, he said, these 11,017 misdemeanor convictions represent individuals who've carried around with them the stain of their records for possessing less than 30 grams of cannabis. So um, he went ahead and re- uh, pardoned all of those convictions. Wow. So they should be wiped from their record as well. So it Good. shouldn't be a stain on on their future employment, it's, their ability to get like housing and things like that. It's like that that needs to be fixed in every state. In, in every this state, it's it's fucking ridiculous. And everybody who is currently serving time yeah. should be released. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any how sense. How much? Wait, so how many grams were they carrying when? Um, that's so over the limit or whatever. For possessing less than 30 grams. So, so anybody, how much would that be? What would that look like? I don't even if know. If I were to buy weed. I have no clue. <laughs> I have I'm no like, frame of reference. Because I'm like, man, would I be put in jail for the amount of weed in my house? I, like, I don't think so. I think it's probably more than than we carry around. Okay. But I don't okay. I don't know exactly. Yeah. I'm still, not sure. I mean, I'm glad that it's happening. That was the, As soon as you said that, I was like, okay, but what about all the people in Illinois who are imprisoned for that? So I'm glad that he didn't just make it legal, he right. actually did something about the people who have been mistreated by I would say system. every state that has legalized recreational use of cannabis should do the same thing. I yeah. think I think California did. I don't um, But I can't remember exactly. So the only other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is kind of a funny thing to end on, is Lori Laughlin. Alright. <laughs> Let's go back to Varsity Blues. If everybody needs a reminder, that was the scandal in which a bunch of like Rich ass people, yep. famous people paid to get their kids into school. Yep. Um, basically committed like all kinds of fraud. Felicity Huffman ended up uh, getting sentenced to like six months. I think she served like three or something like that. Yeah. And then she was released, but she pled guilty. Yeah. So, okay. Massimo and Aunt Becky, um, <laughs> Lori Laughlin, they pled not guilty. Yes. And basically basically their strategy this entire time has been to be like, well, we didn't realize that what we were doing was wrong. Right. Essentially. Even though they faked shit on their kids' applications, yeah. took pictures of them as if they were on the rowing team, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Like it's pretty the evidence is pretty there that they were they knew they were being untruthful. And right. that should have been a clue enough that you were doing right. something I mean, illegal or wrong. I will say I think their defense is kind of brilliant because I think that their defense is basically, well, rich people have been doing this forever. Yeah. Like, we, you know, if you wanted to get your kid into a good university and you mm-hmm. had lots of money, you could just buy a wing of yeah. the... Of the college. Of the college. Buy a wing of the library and then your kid could get into it. To school, so essentially, you are paying for them to get in. Yeah, and so their defense is basically like, "Well, rich people have been doing this forever. I don't understand what the problem is." Yeah, uh, but they theirs went above and beyond that, of course. Yeah, so they are ramping up 
for trial, and they could face a maximum of 45 years in prison. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh my god, can you imagine? I feel, I honestly feel really bad for their kids, because it's like... The guilt. I would feel so guilty. I would feel guilty, but also, like, their kids, like, one of them is, like, a YouTube personality mm-hmm. and yeah. things like that, where it's like... Not that I agree with YouTube personalities being so famous and things like that, but, like, it really has, I think, tarnished... It's both tarnished her, like, fame, but it's also increased her fame because people are so fascinated by the whole story. Right. I mean, the but, thing like, is... But, like, to be famous for that is, like... That would suck. To be famous for, like, your parents buying you into college would be so embarrassing. Her and her daughter seems insufferable. Like, yeah. from what I've seen, it, she they seems... seems horrible. Horrible. I don't know about the other one, but the, the Olivia Jade or whatever her name is... She seems awful. She seems really annoying. However, (laughs) she said from the beginning she didn't want to go to college. So this is kind of a testament to maybe leave your kids alone. Like, you forced your daughter to do something she didn't want to do. She wasn't qualified to do. And these are the consequences of that. Maybe you should have listened to her when she said, hey, I don't want to go to college. Yeah, like, this this all could have been so easily... Could have been avoided. Avoided, yeah. So they they are facing so much time because they are being charged with conspiracy to commit mail fraud as well as money laundering and federal programs bribery. So they have, like, three charges. And I think the money laundering one is, like, the biggest one. But what do you think they'll actually get? I don't think they'll get 45 years. They... I don't think they will either. So um, there was a legal expert on Good Morning America, Dan Abrams, and he said that it's most likely that they're going to get far less time behind bars. So he said these cases are very similar and almost the same amount of money. It's two kids. It's faking profiles, etc. Now, oh, okay. So he's talking about the two cases of Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman. Right. And he said these cases are very similar. It's almost the same amount of money. It's two kids, which I don't think it was the same amount of money. I think Lori Laughlin paid a lot more. I remember it being more. A yeah. lot more. Um, it's faking profiles, etc. Now, this was a guilty plea. This was someone who accepted responsibility for it and is getting six months. So you've got, got to believe that if Laughlin were to take it to trial with an additional charge that's been thrown at her. Uh, if she's convicted, she might be looking at a few years, guessing like two to three years. That's kind of what I was assuming it would be. Right. But what's funny to me about this is, so she's facing two to three years, and I think it probably scared her when Felicity Huffman actually did serve time. Yeah. Now, she didn't serve very much time, but for like she rich, famous people, it's like, you're going to be in jail. Yeah. You're going to be in jail for a couple yeah. years. So Lori Laughlin is terrified, which is not funny. Because I also would be scared. Yeah. But she has been knuckling down. She's rehearsing. She has been learning the lingo. She's been practicing martial arts to give off the impression she's tough to ward off potential bullies in prison. (laughs) Oh my god. So I've seen that movie. What's that movie with... um, Kevin Hart and... Going Hard. I never watched it. Get Get Hard. hard. Yes. It's funny, but I'm just picturing... I never watched it, but I I feel like that's exactly what this is. Little baby Lori Laughlin and, like, skinny little mini, She's like... like, She's punching a punching bag. Sup, man. Like... Prison lingo. Prison lingo. Oh, my God. Yes. So this source said, prison is going to be sink or swim, and Lori doesn't intend to sit back and take the abuse without a fight. (laughs) No! Girl, don't fight. Like, just be Just be quiet. Read some books. 
work out, stay in your cell, don't cause trouble, don't start rearing up for this shit. Quietly do your time and call it a day. Uh, Besides the physical training, she's getting lots of advice from prison professors on how to earn one's keep behind bars. No! This sounds dangerous. It's just stupid. This sounds dangerous. Honestly, it's dumb. Lay the fuck low. I understand her, like, fear. I get it. I think it's a valid fear. Those of us who have never been in jail, serving any amount of time is a scary prospect. I would want the information, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be going into this like I was gearing up for a fight. I would want information about the best ways to lay low, to survive, maybe some recipes I can do. Right. Like, I mean, things like that. Honestly, though, she's not even, I would be very surprised if she's in any kind of like dangerous prison she's situation. Not going like, to be, like, but she's this spoiled, you know, 80s actor, rich kid vibe, yeah, you know, like yeah. she. In her mind, she knows probably things from the movies and, like, what could happen, and she's thinking about being with these hardened criminals, mm-hmm. and... I hope it does her some good, honestly. I hope it does, too. I mean, that's I mean that's all you can really hope for from when somebody goes to jail in prison, is that you hope that they... Uh, that the prison si- system works, and that they, you know, pay for their crimes, they learn from it, and yeah. they are able to move on with the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the hope. Yeah, that's, we hope that they become rehabilitated, yeah. you know? It's not all about punishment. It's no, about being it's rehabilitated. really not. Uh, but she and her husband are accused of having paid $500,000 in bribes. So that's what I thought. Half a million dollars in bribes. And yeah, Felicity Huffman's wasn't nearly that much. I yeah. think it was like 15000 or something like that. It was like, it wasn't as much as yeah. that. I mean, still an insane amount of money to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, I'll but yeah. I'll say $15,000. For sure. I would love that. Oh, you guys, I think that is everything for our episode today. Thank you so much for listening again. Um, if you don't already, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. If you have anything that you want to say about this episode or topics that you want to want us to cover, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on our business page and uh, chat with everybody else on the group page. I'm going out of order, so in my head I'm like scrambling right now. Um, Twitter. We have a Twitter that we rarely use, mm. at Yamf Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. If you don't already, you can listen to us on Radio Public. It's a free way for you to listen, and it helps us out just a little bit. With all that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. on. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.